1: Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
0: Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to the very last official summertime show. For Red Eye Radio,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the end of climate change. It's it's the end of summer, and we. So tell us about your summer. Don't tell us about. We don't care. Don't tell us about your summer vacation. Well, we don't want to know. We probably already do know. A lot of our uh, listeners actually send us um, stories and pictures. But seriously, what I did over my summer vacation? Yeah, I got up.
2: Uh. I looked for a job. Uh. I hung out in front of the drugstore. Uh. <laughs> On the second day of my vacation, uh. I woke up, looked for a job, hung out in front of the drugstore. <laughs> Third day of my vacation, summer vacation, I woke up, mm. <laughs> looked for a job, mm. got a job, <laughs> kicking kids out who were hanging out in front of the drugstore. Yeah. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. <laughs> That's- yeah you know it's amazing because i that sounds
0: like my first summer out of high school
2: i haven't even thought of that in 50 years yeah and it's like oh there it is in that file in the brain Oh man,
0: i watched a stand-up special it's they it's not a i don't know if it ever streamed anywhere but it ended up on youtube and the two of them doing something in in a comedy club somewhere I don't know if it was a benefit or not. They have not skipped a beat. Tommy Chong, (laughs) for all that we know about him, allegedly, his brain is attack. He is so sharp with their bits. I mean, he didn't miss a beat. And Cheech Marin was on. I mean, it was was just watching them. And I, I go back to the days. I mean, I was a kid. I was way too young to be listening to their albums, but we listened to them. By the way, we listened to it on vinyl before vinyl was cool. It was all we had. <laughs> vinyl wasn't cool. It was, it was the it only was result. the only thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had cassettes, but you can't leave that in your car because it would melt. Oh man, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, they were. They were, I mean, it was so funny. Yeah, you think about that. No kid today
2: has has to go through the cassette jamming in the car, and then you hit the eject, and it comes out, and you've got tape inside of the cassette deck in your car. You're driving 55 miles an hour, because that's was the top speed limit back there in the 70s You couldn't, yeah you weren't allowed to go any faster of course and and you're trying to to get the tape out without destroying it because you've got your favorite mix on there <laughs> and and then you finally get it out and you take that pencil and you put it inside the little gear
0: yeah yeah you know and men well you had to have a pencil and it couldn't be a pen no, there, it had to be a there pencil. Were, there was one big pen that would work in <laughs> if you were in a tight spot. <laughs> but frankly, you shouldn't push it. Your first aid kit had uh some band aids, some mm-hmm. gum, uh possibly a prophylactic, and then a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> the pencil was oh, a must okay. I... what what happened oh, by the way sting said his new album they're putting it on vinyl and cassette and i don't think he was joking about the cassette thing wow yeah no i don't want to deal with cassettes anymore well yeah because yeah, Sorry. Sorry. we don't we don't have to i oh. also don't want to deal with cds Vinyl has a rich sound if you've got the right turntable. Yeah, it does. And my wife bought one for me. She uses it mainly. <laughs> but she bought one for me, you know, uh, for a long time. Uh, it was a long time ago for a gift. Um, and she uses I've got it set up on the Bluetooth speakers. And we listen to anything and everything on vinyl that, that we have. And we're, you know, we're building the collection again. There are a lot of things that, like take us back like certain christmas albums you know from growing up and everything Mm -hmm. and uh and so it's just it it really is about nostalgia but but there is a rich sound to it um i can't hear very well so it doesn't really make a difference to me but she loves
2: it one thing i i would like to do because i have some records that never made it you know the bands were so obscure and i still Mm. have the records and yeah. i would like to, i would like to you know get the turntable that will put it on digital yeah uh i haven't done that yet i pro- there's pro- i probably have about uh 20 or 30 that i that i'd like to to do that with but for me i don't know what i have 6 7000 songs on my phone mm-hmm. and the rocket player software mm-hmm. where uh you know it depends on the intro of the song and whether one has a, you know a cold ending or a cold beginning but you can you can uh, uh adjust it where you know you're actually mixing music yeah right. and it actually sounds like somebody's mixing the songs and you know and you can go in now you've got it you it it takes you a little bit to adjust it because you go okay let me move it a millisecond forward yeah, okay yeah. millisecond back whatever and and so and and that's pretty good and then they also have the technology. It's not perfected yet, but it's getting better, and it's where they've equalized the sounds between old C or the volumes between old CDs and new CDs. Yeah, because yeah. and 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 digital. Right.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and the threes
2: were bad about right. that. Right. And and the remastered stuff, mm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. to and so they actually have. Uh, it's it's not a limiter like you have a radio station, mm-hmm. you know, which will take anything and and make the volumes equally but the technology and it's improving i've noticed with this with the the software updates over the last couple of years mm-hmm. i'll say wow that song is, isn't as low as it used to be so with that and uh the fact that probably my hearing's going to even though i don't i've never recognized it at all in an, in any way for me it sounds fine <laughs> yeah right and and on my and on my bows, you know my especially my Bose Bluetooth speakers. Now, I can put it through other speakers, but I have those
0: 360 surround sound Mm -hmm, Bluetooth mm -hmm. speakers, and it's, I mean, it... It's interesting because I... All of my music is all streaming. I have two different streaming services, and so I don't really download any music. I have my old Apple Music file, but, you know, part of it was downloading stuff for grandkids, my youngest daughter. Uh, I... If I wanted, I guess, to carry... I don't have an iPhone. I have a MacBook at home. Uh, but if I wanted to carry Apple Music with me, I could take my songs with me. Otherwise, I'd just stream everything on, on two different streaming services. And I've noticed, though, depending on the age of the, of the music and whether or not it's been remastered, exactly what you just said, when MP3s first came out, when they hit, you know, the sound was just not... It wasn't great. Yeah. And... You know you and i and many people in our industry who over the years have listened to i don't know a ton of music with headphones on and it's the only way now that i listen anyway i mean because a lot of the heavy stuff i don't want to play i'm not looking to bother my neighbors or my dog <laughs> or my wife or my kids my grandkids actually my kids and grandkids uh we share a lot of the same music but you know but it's in terms of taste, but I, I, I forget what which artist it was recently. And I went back and I pulled it up on the streaming and I was in my truck. Man, the volumes were just not, they were all yeah. over the place.
2: You know, I, I took, it It was a couple of months where every waking moment, I took every CD that I had. And I, I you know, I don't remember the last time I bought a CD, but mm-hmm. I, I, no, I probably bought a couple here, especially from, Artists that I like that aren't popular, and you know they may not have it on digital, and they have the CD available, and so I'll mm-hmm. get it, and th- then I'll download it to you know to digital. Uh, but I went through two months. I had over a thousand. I still have over a thousand CDs. Yeah, but I have crates the, filled yeah, with CDs. They're all they're all packed away. Yeah, because once I put everything on digital, uh, and I don't buy a lot of music, but if I do new music, but If I do, I actually buy the music and then I put it on. Mm -hmm. I put it on. Everything is uh, self-contained in there. And I've got all the different streaming services too, which Mm -hmm. is really great. And, you know, when you have, you know, we always talk about our Red Eye Radio app, but, you know, you've got the apps and things like that. So it really, that's the one thing for me. They've made it, you know, the smartphone today. And you really think about the technology that it took to get there. From what we had just 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. then you think that everything is seamless now. You know, you've got this oh, smartphone it is, yeah. and it just yeah. does. It does everything. And people say, well, that's terribly expensive. And I forgot because you've got the phone at the same time and I did it over. They would only give you the, the bargain if you did it over two years with the trade in. But I think the phone, what, 500, 600 maybe?
0: Is what, uh, is what it is with the trade like in that. something like that. Seven hundred something. I don't something. remember, but but, yeah.
2: but when you when you think about it, when I think about going, remember going to the stereo store and you'd get you'd get you know. I'm buying a receiver, mm-hmm. and then you're then you have to buy you know. It's like okay, should I get the receiver? With the little equalizer. Nah, 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 nah. I got to get the big equalizer. Yeah. You get the big equalizer, you get the turntable, you got the cassette deck, and then that later you added on the CD player, mm-hmm. you know, in the late 80s, two big monstrous speakers. And, well, even back then, that was too grand. Oh, yeah. And yeah then, easy, yeah. And so you think about that everything that you have in a phone today. And coming up, we're going to we'll we'll play part of uh, Pete Buttigieg, who apparently doesn't understand the difference between technology, uh, uh, great and new technology in the marketplace versus <laughs> using antiquated technology and subsidizing it right. for electric vehicles. Right. He was called out on that. Yeah, uh, that he was right. That was that got lost yesterday. Pete Buttigieg uh, was before Congress. Mm. And they were blasting him. Yeah, he's completely right. clueless. No, he is clueless. He's just clueless. He, he doesn't, is absolutely clueless. He doesn't clueless. have any idea about science or technology or electricity. He really doesn't. He's absolutely clueless. You, well, you could have taken a junior high student and put them in that
0: secretary of transportation no, job. And that's not even – that really isn't hyperbole at all. No, uh, it's not. It, 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 actually, they would have uh, – someone of that age – 12 13 years old would have figured it out and he doesn't have the will to learn it and it's just ridiculous it really is yeah you so. know um and and the technology thing you know this this whole kick on uh the government mandates and and him sounding like he's reading from some kind of leftist hollywood you know movie script you know, and he's you could tell because he was repeating these lines he thought was going to be his sound bites. Oh, he thought it was going to go viral. You're not that cool. Sorry, you're lagging far behind. And then we also have uh, this.
2: Uh, I'd like to play this audio here. All right. what do We have this
3: yeah. from yesterday. How All right. many people
4: coming into this country illegally is enough for President
3: Biden then?
5: Say that last one. How
3: many people come how many people illegally coming into the United States is enough for President Biden? Like, well, enough 5.
5: for what? Five.
3: Okay,
2: so you that that was one part where she just uh, oh, what do you what are you talking about? Oh, what I, do you mean? I, and then I, I, then there's this with Pete Ducey. Hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, thanks, Green. So what
2: do you call it here at the White House when ten thousand people illegally cross the border
6: in a single day? So what do you call it? Peter, when GOP puts forth a, 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 wait, no, As no, 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 you can't, Green? I'm answering, okay, we're going to move no, no, on. No, 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 we're moving on. We're moving. Green, please. In the back. No, no, I tried to answer, Peter, I tried to answer the question, you stopped me. Let's go.
0: No, you didn't. No, you, brought you, you answering with a question isn't an answer because he was responding to when she said, we're right, stopping people at the border. Yeah. And he goes, then
2: what do you call it when 10,000 across the border in a single day. Right. This is killing them right now. The border crisis is this really is, not good for and, the Democratic Party. And then you have this with Kathy Hochul, governor of New York. You ready for this? All right. All right, here we go.
5: We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, you're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is
2: what type wow what type of hypocritical xenophobia is that i say hypocritical because she's all for sanctuary cities right but the xenophobia that is coming from democrats today by their own standard yeah we're talking about democrats by their standard mm-hmm. the the xenophobia the hatred towards immigrants that's coming From Democrats today, by their own standard, the absolute vile hatred of Democrats towards immigrants. Well,
0: and New York, of all places? Yeah. Boy, this is fun. It it was the doorway for immigration. Yep. How dare you? Did that sound genuine? Did mine?
2: Mm, Okay, that's...
0: I got to hear it on vinyl first. 86690 Red Eye.
7: Did you know that up to half of all major engine failures are due to poor cooling system maintenance? That's a lot of downtime and can cost drivers big. You expect a lot from your engine, which is why the cooling system must be a part of your maintenance routine. Here's a tip to keep your cooling system in shape and your engine running smooth. Make sure the system is properly filled with coolant at every p.m. interval and during pre- and post-trip inspections. Underfilling the cooling system can cause corrosion and your engine to overheat. Coolant is also used to keep DEF tanks thawed in the wetter. If you notice unusually low coolant levels, be sure to have your cooling system inspected by a professional technician. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
0: Great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel Use the code CPRUDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. Brought to you by Motel 6.
4: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
2: It's Red right. Radio. He's Eric Carly and I'm Gary uh, McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Well, it's time for a, a slob elitism update. All
0: right. Okay. What do you got? My button's not working. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. Good. Right. Good, to, good to have you on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I listen to it sometimes. <laughs>
2: Dick Durbin has come out. He has come out against Schumer. And the Fetterman slob rule, uh-huh. uh-huh. he says there needs to be standards. Uh-huh. And he acknowledged that it's only about Fetterman. Yeah. He goes, the senator in question from, quote, the senator in question from Pennsylvania is a personal friend, but I think we need to have standards when it comes to what we're wearing on the floor of the Senate And we're in the process of discussing that right now as to what those standards would be, Durbin said. Ooh, Manchin Mm. Uh, also saw the story on there yesterday. He wants to get that rule changed.
0: Well, it's when you when you look at it, it, you know, I started thinking because there are so many memes coming from this. God, it's so bad. The one where he's up there with other senators, but they someone is, has a superimposed uh, floor buffer, like he's holding a floor buffer, like he's just the cleaning guy or something. And it was just relentless. And I thought to myself, great. Congratulations, Chuck. You've made a slob look even worse. And you know there was focus on it from the right now ev- now that the rule changed everybody is mocking it
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
2: It's Red Eye Radio.
1: <laughs>
2: He's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara on
0: a Dress Down Slob Friday. Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> I totally screwed up. I wore pants. Look at this. I've, I
2: got pants. Yeah, on. What I, got,
0: you got? I got pants. I got pants on. on. What pants? <laughs> See, we didn't get the memo. Somebody, uh, one of our great listeners, Uh, Wrote me and said, uh, this was a few days ago on X, and said. uh, Formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to quit saying that. Um, If you don't know by now, you're probably not on X. (laughs) And by that, I don't mean the drug. (laughs) You have to be careful how you phrase it. And and he said, I can't wear aviators or hoodies anymore. (laughs) They've ruined it for me. You know, Joe with the aviators. And it, I was just thinking it the other day. My sunglasses are aviators, but they're prescription. And so when I'm driving, I wear them. And I used to, you know, I used to keep them on. Like if I went into a restaurant, I, you know, I'd walk in and then just kind of put them away when I got inside or whatever. Now I put them up before I get out of the truck. <laughs> and it it's the same thing because I saw myself in the reflection In a window or something, I was like, nope, Joe has ruined it. And then I saw, I was going through um, one of my uh, coat closets and one of the hoodies, you know, it's, I, we rarely have, this is the good news. We live in Texas and rarely need a hoodie, but it's, I, I have to agree with the listener. I, yeah, I don't want, I'll feel like a slob if I put one on because of Fetterman. And, and by the way, You know, kids and everybody's been wearing them for a long, long time, but they're not on the floor in the U.S. Senate. So,
2: yesterday I'm I'm packing because at noon today I'm just flying in to uh, to Buffalo, and I'm back Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So I'm just flying, but I'm going to a concert on on Saturday night. Right. So I'm just and and I'll probably be at the driving range with my great-nephew early on Saturday morning because right. that's what we normally do. I'll pick him up. We go to the driving range, whatever, because it, I want to get him, and he wants to get into golf because he's so focused on, you know, basketball, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. you need something else. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to – and he he, I, he wants to be a good golfer, but he expects that it should come, like, instantaneously. It's like, right, goes, I, I just can't hit it. I've been doing it for over 50 years. Yeah, you, yeah. you never master golf ever. And the better you get, the more your expectations are and the more frustrated you get. I know because I've been there. But uh, so it's going to be cold in the morning. The temperature is mm-hmm. now when I, originally a couple days ago, they said it would probably be around 80. Now they're saying when I get in uh, later on today, it'll be about 76. That's mm-hmm. fine. I can wear shorts for that and, mm-hmm. and you know, T-shirt because mm-hmm. I'll be leaving here and i just a short drive to my dad's house and it'll be 5 in the or 4:30 to 5 in the afternoon which means it'll be in the mid 70s that's fine but mm-hmm. let's to get down into the 50s on saturday yeah and then uh, you know saturday morning and then saturday night when i'm at the show and i'm like what am i going to wear i'm looking at stuff looking at stuff i'm looking for something that's light you know but will cover more well i have this really thin hoodie and i, I go wow, ah, i haven't worn this in a while let me see how it fits i put it on i've got shorts on I'm looking in the mirror. I went, my God, I'm Fetterman. This could be a Halloween. I seriously, I looked at it. the first thing I thought of was like, I'm Fetterman here. Yeah, <laughs> and so I packed it in. And I don't know. I may wear. I mean, I got a couple of things, uh, you know, different uh, things I could wear. I'm like, I may do that, t- you know, tomorrow when I go to the show and show up and go, Hi, I'm Fetterman, because they're all well. The guys I, I'm going, the, the guys, the people I'm going to the show with, they're all concerned.
0: I was doing some projects around the house. And, and hit the shower yesterday and I I come out and I you know brush my hair back and then I realized I looked in the mirror and I'm like Gavin Newsom they're ruining everything <laughs> they're ruining everything. I was like man somebody hand me a blow dryer I can't look you this slick way. your hair I gotta back. live I gotta leave the house I can't look like Gavin Newsom <laughs> I just can't do. No matter how
2: much you try, though, Uh you're never going to look like our attorney general.
0: You're never going to look like Garland unless the hair gets really gray. You know what's so funny? You said attorney general, and you know what was going through my mind? What? Yellen, not Merrick Garland. (laughs) Because I was going to say I might end up looking like Janet Yellen one day. Yeah. Yeah she's kind of going for that Newt Gingrich look, right? <laughs> I, am I wrong? I could be wrong. <laughs> no. maybe, maybe she's not. She, I,
2: she, I mean, she might be, it's but. happening
0: whether she is or not.
2: But just uh, further on now the pushback, even coming from Democrats on the uh, slob elitism of uh, of Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin now is ag- made it clear he's against what Schumer did. He said he doesn't know what Schumer was thinking when he approved the change, but he said he plans to speak uh, to Schumer about it. I can't understand exactly what he was thinking at that point, he said, when asked why Schumer made the change. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt until I speak to him, but I think the Senate needs to act on this. Mm. Whoa! All right. Well. Wow. Derman made his comments when asked to respond to criticism of the dress code change from the Washington Post editorial board. Wow. And other Senate Republican colleagues and Manchin, too. The Washington Post editorial writers wrote, quote, one would have thought that with public trust in government waning, the Senate might want to avoid looking even a
0: tiny bit uh, more like a high school cafeteria. I'm old enough to remember when conservatives were the only ones calling Fetterman a slob. The, the influential hometown paper described the
2: Senate floor as the most sacred place in the Capitol and noted that it was the setting for America's most Consequential debates on war and peace, freedom and slavery, and now sloppiness. Until now, I added the until sloppiness, just so you know. Until now, senators are required to wear coats and ties or business attire, and those who didn't meet the standard had to vote from the cloakrooms just off the floor by sticking their heads into the chamber to vote yes or nay. Now, uh, it hasn't uh, ended uh, there. Uh, also reported uh, yesterday, Joe Manchin. Uh, uh, Joe Manchin is circulating a proposal to reestablish the Senate's dress code. One person familiar with the resolution said it would essentially return. Uh, I signed it, uh, said uh, one senator who explained it would define what the dress code is. Wow.
0: (laughs) Well, Mm. look, uh, it appears
2: this isn't going to last long. John Cornyn said that there is a bipartisan group of senators who want to restore the Senate dress code. Well, we know that's true now. Calling it the Coalition of the Rational. I wouldn't go that far.
0: Well, it's <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> we, we asked the question what is Schumer trying to achieve? Because relaxing the dress code has nothing to do with Fetterman's physical or mental condition as a result of his stroke. No, just not. He is capable of getting dressed. He's capable of wearing suits. We've seen him do it. It is not a tremendous hardship. So we came to the conclusion and no one's proven us wrong just yet that there just might be something on Chuck Schumer that Fetterman has. (laughs) And man, I am dying to know what that is because it doesn't. It
2: doesn't make it doesn't any sense why
0: you would do something like this. Fit. It doesn't. If, if Fetterman right. were if not they... able to walk, if he were not able, if he had limited use of his limbs, uh, and 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 that were very apparent, you would likely get more empathy from from individuals, and and you would also hear from Fetterman's camp they probably would make a statement somewhere to the effect of, "Listen." Uh, we want to thank uh, our colleagues in the Senate and the Senate Majority Leader for allowing this. Because here's what my day is like. That's not what is going on here. He's not physically limited to that extent. Because if he were, we would know about it. I know, you know there are effects after uh, since his stroke; those effects are. Have been very clear, as you mentioned yesterday, I think it was, and neither of us knew that, but in the Senate so far, he's missed more days than Dianne Feinstein. No, no, second to miss. Oh, second to Feinstein. Okay. Second to Feinstein. And so, which I didn't even think he'd come anywhere close. Yeah. But, because I, you know, I thought maybe Manchin stayed on his boat a lot. So there's a lot of...
2: Only when only when he's being a maverick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when he's doing things that he swore he wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, which is every day. But those are the things that you look for, okay, if, if we had seen that. A big press conference to bring empathy, right? That, that would be the idea. Whether it was even if it weren't Fetterman's staffers or his family or him the 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 majority leader and other senators picture them on a stage in front of a microphone and listen this is this is important because uh he he won the election and he is there to serve his constituents he's there to serve his state but this is a tremendous hardship for him every day and we would like him to not have to worry about spending so much of that time there, but more time on the Senate floor. Even then, we would have a discussion about it because because
2: no, a hoodie is harder to put on than a uh, a nice uh, golf shirt, polo
0: shirt, yes, or any button-up shirt. Yeah, you know, I mean, because you got to get your head through you're, it. You're just, <laughs> you're just. Uh, well, what you're again, the only thing, the only conclusion my mind jumps to is what does he have on Chuck Schumer?
2: Well, you know, the I I, I saw this. I, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was like, why is Chuck Schumer treating Fetterman like a man child? Right. Why is he treating him like a child? Because it doesn't, as we said, it's got nothing to do, uh, you know, with the you know, because of the results of his stroke. Otherwise, that would have been the justification. And nobody has said that at all. Right. And so the other thing is why? And that's why the immediate criticism is, what, is he a man-child? Right. Uh, does he have now what it, what it takes to be a senator? And, and so, you know, it, there's been – I don't know why Schumer did it. I mean, it's just – it's because this thing is just – the blowback is just huge uh, uh, on this because there was no reason to do it. And then the other – as we said – Because the first thing you got from Democrats was, oh, you people on the right, you know, what does it matter? As long as they're getting the job done, well, it mattered to
0: Schumer. It mattered to Schumer. The first couple of days, and they lost that very quickly because it flew back in the wind like a boomerang hit them. Because if if Schumer wasn't worried about it at all, then his staffers, uh, nobody else would have to abide by a dress code. But everybody else does. Except for it seems Fetterman, yeah. I know the rule doesn't state that, but that's really who the rule was. Well, made now for. with Durbin and, clear. Durbin and Durbin
2: and Mansion are admitting that's what it's about. That's what? Yes, this is a bipartisan yeah. effort now, and especially Durbin. Yeah, you know Durbin's been in the uh, Durbin's been in the Senate. Uh, uh, you know, my God. Well, the the Paul Pot comment when he referred to uh, the. Uh, our American soldiers at Gitmo as to, to the compare them to the mass genocidal murderer, Paul Pott. That was, it's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. it yeah. Is 20 years ago, probably, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. It's 2000, it's 2023. I know. Yeah. So that was years ago. Mm-hmm. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Rhode Radio. He's Eric Horney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the uh, hour, new poll out: majority of voters say Joe Biden committed a crime with Hunter Biden. huh ah. So we'll have that uh, times they are a change. Well, that's one of the problems that the Democrats have. I mean, that's the part of the problem that uh, when you have um, when you had Merrick Garland out there, nobody bought it. No no, they didn't. no nobody's, nobody's buying it. No so, one from
0: his administration right now is selling anything. The Transportation Secretary, the Attorney General, none of them are able to sell this agenda.
1: This is Red Eye Radio
2: All across America and around the entire planet Earth, we are Red Eye Radio. Uh huh. Here we are. We made it to a Friday, dress-down slob Friday. <laughs> do any companies do it? No. Or they, as we call it, Friday. I, I We're gonna, in radio. Well, I was going to say that. Uh, does anybody do that anymore?
0: I'm like, well, nobody's at work. <laughs> oh no no no. Was it Wall Street Journal? Somebody had an article about it. And it wasn't because, well, it wasn't really just about casual Friday, but they kind of started there. They said, you know, this trend of casual Friday then led to, hey, we're going to let everybody out early on Friday to now people don't want to go into the office on Friday. They want to work from home. And they were kind of building to the, is it time to just go to a four-day work week? And I thought, well, no, because then they'll treat Thursday like we treat Friday now. Nothing will change. You're just trying to start your weekend early. And they were pointing to casual Friday really being the beginning of that. Casual Friday, well, you know, it's okay if you wear jeans, you know, like you do on the weekend. And then it was, well, we're going to and. There are still companies that are kind of going back and forth right now, even some of the tech companies that are going back and forth, fighting to keep talent on board. And that talent does not want to. There was another article today that I came across. I didn't get to finish it. But it was the number of people that are still quitting a job if their company is insisting they come into work in the office. And that article was interesting in correlating it with casual Friday. And, of course, now, Fetterman, <laughs> slob Monday, oh, slob Tuesday, he, he puts, slob Wednesday. Wouldn't it be ironic if he dressed in a full three-piece suit at home? <laughs> I I never, now, it was when I worked at
2: the, when I worked at the bank, and I worked at the bank uh, when I was in college, so think about this in the 70s, you know, and how people, you know, going to college in the 70s, and nobody really dressed up, but the majority of days that I went to college, Mm -hmm. I was in a shirt and tie because I had to go to the bank after, Mm -hmm. because when I, when I worked at the bank, I... We, I was a bill collector from. Uh, it was like you worked. F- uh, we were the. Well, we were actually the main shift because the, the bill collectors that are home during the day, or the bill collectors working during the day, who's home? I mean, yeah, now right. now everybody would be now everybody yeah. would be home. Yeah. But back then, you know, nobody nobody was home, and so you were you were doing the bill collecting from four to nine at night, and then we worked. Saturdays too. We work like mm-hmm. a ten-hour shift on,
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, on, uh, on, on Saturdays. So, um, and you know, and but you, we had to wear. I don't think on Saturdays we did, but during the week, you know, you had a, you know, you always had to wear a shirt and tie and and a, you know, and a sport jacket. Yeah, sure. I never and i am thinking because I started that job when I was eighteen. I don't think anybody even thought about it. Was just, I remember thinking. In fact, having to dress up for work as a young person, uh, made me feel great. Mm. When I went to college, why in a shirt and tie? I work at a bank. It was mm-hmm. great. I mean, you work at a bank, yeah? Mm-hmm. Really? Because nobody in college was working at a bank, right? And I, to me, it was. It was cool. It was almost a rite of passage. I, I when I when I got uh, in, and when I got that job, uh, I had lost a job at a gas station. This is during the uh, the seventy four. Um, uh, uh, what do they call it? The uh, the uh, the OPEC, you know, uh, gas uh, shortage that we mm-hmm. had at that time, mm-hmm. and so every, everything was full service. There was no self service back then. Wow, how, how things have changed. Damn, I'm old, uh, and uh, so I was only there for two weeks. Uh, at, at the gas station, and somebody took off who was working there with two hundred bucks. So they let everybody go. Everybody got yeah. let go. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get fired for cause, which was cool because they just couldn't figure out who did it. So everyone mm-hmm. was gone. Mm-hmm. And so my father said, "Put on a put on a uh, shirt and tie and your sport jacket." Go to the bank and look for a job. My dad And you had two hundred bucks to spend on that shirt and tie. Exactly, right, exactly.
0: Right. You know, it worked out.
2: It worked out. I remember standing in line and they're like, no, no, no. And you have to remember at this point when I'm in my first year of college, Mm -hmm. I look like I'm five. Yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, I look like I'm a I when I when I when they hired me, people thought I was like the grandson of like the vice president of the floor who was just million around and you know they put a shirt and tie on him because I was I looked so young and so there's a, there's a line of 20 people at human resources the receptionist okay 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 and I'd filled out the application everything else and I went up and, and they looked and they said oh okay you sit over there really and I went in and they hired me like that you know it's like you know, here's what I'm taking in college and here's what I'm doing and like that and I always thought it was special, and I realized they were looking for the odd people in society to be bill collectors. <laughs> and well, the, and I the, mean, it does take a special yes, person, and and the group of people that that I worked with, many of whom I'm still friends with, one especially who I'm my buddy Jerry that I talk about all the time, mm-hmm. who's uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, they hired a bunch of pert. They hired a bunch of different people. I won't say weird or even eclectic. Just very independent, couldn't care what anybody thought about them. Mm. But there was a great, to me, a rite of passage. I felt like I, when I got that job at the bank that I went from a child to a man. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Now, I didn't. I mean, I was still a... 18-year-old kid but you know you had to do what an adult would do which was you worked at a bank I remember I remember going to the cafeteria and there's all these people and you know you're in the elevator with you know the these older bankers Mm. because I worked in a 38-story building and and so you're going up and down the elevator in this big bank building and, and it was but I never thought uh, you know, if they would have ever suggested, if they would have suggested, just to show you the mentality back there, back then, they would have ever suggested, okay, Fridays you can wear whatever you want. I probably would have said, well, no way, I want to wear the shirt and tie.
0: I I always saw the casual Friday as a test. Let's see who cares and who doesn't, which relates ah. to Betterman. Ah, Let's see who is actually... Proud of how they look and proud of where they work and who isn't. That's exactly how I feel about this whole Fetterman thing. Go ahead. Relax the dress code. Fetterman's going to be the only one participating. Because he doesn't care. I don't know that he
2: wants the gig. Let me ask you this is part of it. And I I look back to the way I thought I wanted to be in a shirt and tie because you viewed it as you viewed it as a great accomplishment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the the you know, the suit and tie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, that that verified in your mind that it was important. I was doing more than the average Joe in college. And my dress was the symbolism that backed the substance of what I was doing. Right. And now we know the, and maybe part of it was ego, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) if you want to talk about egos, talk about the Senate. Do they look at themselves and say, look, we're something special. We can't dress like slobs, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Right. Let's go to Steve in Virginia. Steve, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I I swear uh, it's been such an evolution of my thinking in the minutes that I've been on hold, um, First of all, I've been listening to you guys for a long, long time. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, the yelling thing. I'm like, oh, they're right. Like, isn't yelling? Uh, and then, like, the Dick Durbin days. Wow. Mm. Um, life goes by fast. Um, I never forget that they told us they were going to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And I think that was a pledge that they had that we didn't realize would take some time to come to fruition. Um, I, I, I'm uh, – everything you just expressed about the pride of having your first job, especially in the, in the white-collar world, um, I've felt – I have like 47 dress shirts up in my closet right now that I'll never wear again because I don't have to. Um, it used to be something to feel uh, pride and respect in what you did and where you went, and mm-hmm. there was like the societal norm that um, you know really was something that we could all hold on to. It was uh, an achievement at a moment, an accomplishment. Yeah. when you got to the Senate, you know that was something big and something important. You were there representing your constituents, you know on the grand national sta- scale. Um, they've eroded all of it, okay yeah. um, It's down to the point where you know um, they want us to not respect any of our institutions. Uh, just just like close your eyes for a minute and think about like the bizarro world that we live in, okay? Um, you know we 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 literally have uh, you know a, a senator who uh, had a stroke, okay um, and talk about honor, that would have been a moment you backed out, okay? That would have been a moment you walked away. you said, I, I, I'm no longer fit to you know deliver the duty that you're entrusting me to. but we are in a world where we have Fetterman not just wanting to wear sweatshirts and, you know, uh, what do you call them, basketball shorts, okay? The guy can't complete sentences, okay? Look at, look at Joe Biden. You know, it used to be uh, when you reach a certain age and you realize you were peacing out, um, you know, you took the gracious route. You walked away. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got puppets, uh, you know, in place uh, because of the sheer grip on power that they want. And then we also have like this throwaway of all the things that used to be fundamentally American, um, you know, the familial side of things, uh, a belief in, in – con- like a common good, in, uh, a belief in, in our ability to strive and go and do things that we, we, we can all accomplish anything we set our minds to. Now it's all victimhood. It's all um, uh, the minority is the majority um and it's just it's insanity man i, I i've lost well my you've just
2: thought here because the whole yeah. you've just wrapped up our shows for the last couple of decades yeah <laughs> well i mean and, and yeah. you're right I you're mean, right on much, steve. right
0: yeah yeah you're right on steve well, and and you know uh gary and i have talked about how you know in radio especially in the middle of the night you know there's there's four of us in the building our production staff and us and um for years i've kept it very simple i have uh, an entire closet filled with black t-shirts. <laughs> but here's the thing. When they start to show anywhere at all, at all, they're out. They I put them in the trash. They're gone. And I get brand new ones. And the other day, I, it, it hit me because my wife and I will hang out on the weekend and sometimes we'll go to dinner. You know, we'll have a date night and everything. And I've been wearing these black t-shirts. But if we go to a dinner, I want to have something more to wear. I want to put on You know, some a button down shirt, a A dress shirt, yeah, yeah, and and just two days ago, I ordered six brand new dress shirts because I said, you know what, Um, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we look nice going out. My wife's stepdad passed away earlier this year, and thank you for the call. And every time he went to dinner, I didn't care; it didn't matter, Chick fil A or a steakhouse, suit and tie, every time. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not wearing a tie unless it actually called for it.
2: <laughs>
0: I do well, have I've, my you know, know standards, my low bar. But I mean, I I <clears throat> I had told my wife. I said, you know, um, it's easy enough to, to because I don't when I'm getting ready uh, to come in. I've been getting dressed in the dark for 27 years almost, and it 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 just makes it easy. You just you grab you grab a T-shirt, you and and it's it's not about that at all it's not about how you look although you and i did uh when we right before they canceled us on on c-span <laughs> season one episode one we wore jackets yeah we and, did and yeah. and and you know and and this is you know right and, because... and if
2: and if anything uh if uh, anything you have to do during the day you know if if we're if it's a sales oriented thing or or uh when yeah and again i when I used to work days, it would probably be during the busy season, three mm. speeches, lunches a week. You're mm. always, you know, wearing a sport coat and tie. The interesting thing is though I went from that in college to after college being in, you know, radio for a year and then getting out and then couldn't find anything and end up doing what my family did. And that's when I talk about where, you know, I was a, cause we had talked you know, unions and the UAW. Uh, I was a machinist and, you know, was a United or United steel worker. And then, first International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, and then uh, United Steel Worker for two different companies. And there was also pride in dressing down for that particular job since Mm -hmm. I had dressed up for such a long time. Mm -hmm. and, And so I never felt as if it was... I never felt it Well no it's what the job called for. Yeah I, I never felt it was demeaning that's, there that's was the there difference. was pride of okay now I'm we and and you everybody works for a living I mean it's it's like people will say wow well, you guys just do talk radio you don't work for a living Yeah you do <laughs> it, everybody works there isn't yeah, you know right. the billionaires if you look I'm at, not digging
0: ditches it right, may not be the physical may not be the labor, physical but, app,
2: but but it's yeah. it's it, everything is if you accomplish anything in life it's it's work. And you have to put the work in. What it taught me is I respect all work, mm-hmm. you know, from starting yeah. cleaning toilets. Right. I mean, right. my first job, yeah. I respect all work. Right. I never look at any. I never have looked at him and go, what a demeaning job he has to work. Right. If you're working and making an honest buck, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. You're course. doing what you need to survive and you're doing it the right way and you should be complimented for doing things the right way. And in the Whether proper the,
0: setting, do you take, you know, do you take pride, including in how you look? You know, that's what people are looking at. This is what the Democrats now in the Senate are talking about. They're embarrassed by this. It's very clear. Fetterman to them is an embarrassment. Yeah. And rightly so. 866 red eye
7: This owner-operator-driver report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running. With more mileage and less maintenance, most owner-operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per-mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets, percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay-per-mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package.
0: This report is brought to you by FPPF
1: Fuel Power Max. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Red Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Okay, new polling out. And this yeah. is the problem the Democrats have, it's a problem that Merrick Garland has, it's a problem that Joe Biden has, it's a problem that the Democrats in general has, it's a problem that the media has. Mm. Because uh if you if you look at the way that they've covered, you know, the entire uh uh Biden dilemma mm. <laughs> yeah. scandal, whatever, it's as if we're gonna hide this and then you know nobody really knows what's going on. But the fact is they haven't been able to hide it from the public. We'll get to what the polls say next. Anybody carry this. And I just saw it just before we got on. I mean, just seconds before we get on the air. I haven't even read the full story yet. But I just went, whoa, hmm. whoa. Here's the headline. Ready? All right. Lynn Wood will testify for the prosecution in Georgia election case against Sidney Powell.
0: There's so much going on in what you just said. I know that's a lot to unpack. L- but but wait, but but hold on. Wait a minute. Weren't there allegations after the fallout about Lynn Wood and, and, you know, whether he was truly a conservative or people were yes. on social media were questioning, you know, where he stood? Was he really uh, a Trump backer? And, and I, you know, I can't tell you, but I just remember that part of it on social media. There were a lot of people scrutinizing Lynn Wood, but when all of this came down, I mean, you saw. I mean,
4: wow.
9: Yeah,
0: I guess my question would be, what do they have on Lynn Wood? Well, well, let me well let me throw this at you here because yeah. the, the the story Lynn Wood
2: is cooperating with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. This mm-hmm. is from Breitbart. Uh, And will testify for the prosecution in the state's case against Sidney Powell. The DA's office revealed in a Wednesday filing. Uh, Ellen Wood is a witness for the state in the present case. Uh, Sidney Catherine Powell and Kathleen Latham are defendants in this case. Now, Wood, after that came out, released a statement saying there's no truth to accusations that he flipped on former President Donald Trump by agreeing to testify for the prosecution. He said, I have no idea why I'm being asked to testify at the trial. I have no, I've had no discussions with the DA's office since I testified before the special grand jury several months ago. Hmm. It strikes me as yet uh, another effort by the fake media to attack or smear me. Fake news is fake news. Always has been. Always will be. Enjoy your afternoon. God bless you. Well, we all know that when Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell were talking about uh, Smartmatic and Dominion, they were lying. Right. We know that without right. question. That's right. why. That's why. And we know Sidney Powell. That's why Sidney Powell. Uh, that's why the Trump campaign booted her. Yeah. Off right after Thanksgiving of of uh, of of. Twenty twenty. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out the years here. Uh, wow. Okay. So, but he confirmed he will be a state's witness hours after publication yeah. of our story. Well, then the, this yeah. morning, attorney for uh, attorney Linwood confirmed he will be a state's witness after receiving a subpoena to testify uh, in Sidney Powell's case. But he denies that means he flipped
0: on Trump. Well, it, it yeah, I I would say it doesn't necessarily mean that he flipped on Trump, um, and I would see why you would want to get that out there. But it clearly stems from his grand jury testimony, and that's what it tells me is that all right, they believe prosecution believes there is something to gain for them. I mean, they, they wouldn't right, but but here's but here's the case is Joel Pollack from
2: Breitbart put. Hmm. The indictment does not mention Lidwood, Wood, who was a major proponent of the voter fraud claims. Wood, who recently gave up his law license in Georgia, oh, okay, okay. was called to testify before the Fulton County grand jury last year. Right. He was probably the biggest advocate for the idea that there had been voter fraud in Georgia to the point of encouraging Republican voters to boycott the Senate runoff elections In the state in January 2021 in protest, curiously, his name is absent from the indictment. And that's that's how they're getting to the point that he has flipped that there has to be an agreement somewhere. There has to be an agreement somewhere because otherwise he would be indicted. Because, remember, you got to the point where it was right around. It was right around Thanksgiving. I think it was a couple days after Thanksgiving. I believe it was Thanksgiving Saturday. I believe it was maybe it was a Saturday before I can't remember where, you know, they the Trump campaign said Sidney Powell is no longer associated, you know, with us at all. She had to write a letter, and Giuliani right.
0: wrote wrote a letter from from the campaign's side, saying the same thing that she was never officially and, part of the the uh, the the uh, the, the uh, attorney team for Trump. Well, okay,
2: and so that's—I think that's where it's coming out. Well, well because the the question would be because mm-hmm. after after Sidney Powell was out of it, mm-hmm. Lynn Wood was pounding on the uh, on the special election, which was still a few weeks away, wasn't it? Was that special election in early December?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was December sixth, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's why i think thinking it was December. Yeah, at that point, is that how they're is that how they're coming to the point that, wait a minute, he hasn't been indicted. They had a better case on him than Sidney Powell. I'm I'm not. By the way, I'm not. Well, I'm not stating that as a statement of fact. I'm I'm. It's a it's a, a, a question as to is the the people that are implying mm-hmm. that he is flipping. This is why. Yeah. And I'm not making it a statement of fact. I just saw it interesting when I saw the story going, okay. well, where do they come to that point? Hmm. Because he was probably the biggest advocate for a stolen for a stolen election, even over Sidney Powell. I mean, that was the point. So why aren't they going after him? And all of a sudden he comes up as a witness
0: for the prosecution. What what was the timeline of any official association with the Trump camp? And is that why they can't get him on anything? I mean, I don't. I'm just throwing out questions. No, no, no. It's a. It's a decent. If they, if prosecution believes they don't have anything on him, they're calling him a state's witness, which sounds like it's based on his grand jury testimony that they're going to just have him tell, you know, uh, the story that he told. Essentially, in that testimony, they want that for uh, the impact of having reading from a transcript of je- a grand jury testimony is very different than having somebody right there in front of you. Well, the, the, he lost a, his
2: m- he lost his law license in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And I I mean, so there there definitely, there might not have been uh,
0: legal consequences at that point. And maybe that's what, maybe that's the reason prosecution can't bring anything on him.
2: Uh, It's, let me see here, trying to think, Uh, it says, while litigating on Trump's behalf, Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah and- uh, while litigating on Trump's behalf, this is uh, let me see uh, would uh, also claimed, let me make sure I get the the source here for uh, uh, this the Atlanta Journal Constitution December 18, 2020. while litigating on Trump's behalf, he falsely asserted that the to the media and the court that more votes were cast in Michigan during the 2020 presidential election than the entire population of eligible voters in the state a conclusion he drew from a mistaken comparison of the Michigan vote total with the Minnesota population data now that's not important that legally it's the part where while litigating on Trump's behalf which means at that point he was a lawyer for Trump still
0: well and he was doing this in court not yes yeah not on the steps outside the courthouse yeah. I could see why everybody is trying to basically assert that he's it seems he's flipped because there's nothing coming at him in terms of charges from prosecution. And now he's the state's witness.
2: Unless he's just unless unless he's the state is going to use him as a witness to show the mindset of Linwood and Sidney Powell who
0: work together. Well, if there are things and this is why I I think it, it has to be. And, and this is a logical uh, uh, correlation here that it, it, it's based on things he said during his testimony for the grand jury. And you're just going to demonstrate that, you know, because they're calling him doesn't mean he's in favor of the prosecution.
2: But remember, I mean, that's, but you just when you go back and, and you remember some of the things that he did um, remember on on uh, X, I'm sorry, it was Twitter at the time. Mm-hmm. He implied that Chief Justice John Roberts was involved in the death of Scalia. He suggested that Roberts was a child trafficker. Hmm. Um. And so my my point was, if they're going after, we always said that the the biggest, the uh, there there were and there still are, totally legit things to be concerned about in our election system, without question. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. Where they screwed themselves was going after Smartmatic, or going after Dominion and Smartmatic. Those were very direct uh, and specific allegations. That was the fatal thing that the lawyers for Trump did. When they went after Dominion
0: and Smartmatic, even if they wanted to go after them and, and, and position it this way, we would like uh, for these software companies to be compelled uh, to disclose methodology after the election methodology and also results and any uh, anomalies and all of those so that we can look into it. We can investigate if the, the software was working as it should have been. If you're talking about that, you're not making a direct allegation. You're you're kind of pointing in that direction, but you don't have that. You're not. It's not the same liability because you're just simple, you're not making a claim directly as they did, and they did it repeatedly.
2: I would I would think though that if they were using, if they were using wood to show them what they believe is the, the mindset of Sidney Powell, that Sidney Powell's attorneys would vehemently s- want that testimony to be striked by by saying that, look, Wood, Wood is a different person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't get in unless he's going to say all these things that I thought she thought too.
0: Well, yeah, because you probably... Can't, that's not going to. They could object to that, and and yeah. likely that would not stand. Um, so, because otherwise, what, you, what would what you will? Why do would is they... you'll say? You'll say at any point? Did she say to you? Did she convey any thought that was different than what she was saying in public or in court? Yeah.
2: Well, you know the 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 thing is. I mean, I've I've always been. I've always been – I know this is changing the topic a little, a little bit, but this is something I've never got an answer to, mm-hmm. uh, and I probably never will. But the support of Trump supporters to Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. who absolutely, absolutely was blistering that Trump was out of his mind with everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was coming uh, – that's not me saying it, that – Trump Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. that was the testimony – For the lawsuit against Dominion. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I was really angry and emotional at that point. And it seems like the majority of Trump supporters, because when he got fired from Fox, went, this is is abysmal. Well, he said the guy that you support was completely out of his mind. Mm -hmm. He said it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we love Tucker Carlson. It's like, I, I... I've never been able to, in my mind, figure out what connects the logical dots of that one to a Trump supporter to support of Tucker Carlson after all that information came out. Because you and I both said, well, okay, if Fox ends up firing him, uh, the Trump supporters aren't going to care. And it was huge from Trump supporters when Mm -hmm. he got when -hmm. he got let go from Fox. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: And he was look at
0: the interview. There, they got, I, like, the interview that he did with Trump on X got, yeah. like, 9 trillion views. Yeah. Everybody's like, Trucker Carlson. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, he, he is the one that was really the most, when you look, go back and look at those emails and text, he was the most vicious against Trump. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, didn't matter. Right. Well, no, I mean, you know, he comes out and he says, uh, heat of the moment. It was the heat of the moment, and and blah blah blah. I was angry, and blah yeah. blah blah. You know, and I guess this all is mm. forgiven. Eight six six ninety Red
1: Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. McNamara and Eric Carley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, with Merrick Garland uh, this week, uh well, he was supposed to be testifying but he really didn't testify. We mm. learned nothing. Yeah. <laughs> because he wouldn't really answer any questions. Um one of the problems that the the Biden that Joe Biden has, Hunter Biden has, the rest of the Hunter Biden the rest of the Biden family has <laughs> the media Anyone
0: named Biden. Yeah, the the the
2: uh, the media, the <laughs> wow. Democrats, everything else is Even though they've done everything they can to not report or to slow walk everything concerning Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, the public knows what's going on. How do we know? A couple of polls. We'll go to the first one here. 57% of voters believe Hunter Biden should be indicted for influence peddling. Only 14% say he should not. Uh, I want to see the breakdown for Democrats there. Uh, Although special counsel David Weiss uh, uh, brought three gun-related charges against Hunter last week, a majority of voters say Hunter Biden should be indicted on additional charges. That means the tax charges. And look, we told you from the very, very beginning, there's two things. We can be partisan about almost anything. There's one thing that still cuts through partisanship.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: To a degree, <laughs> I won't say cuts through fully, but but to a degree, one is evading and not paying your taxes. Two, influence peddling slash bribes of a politician.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the poll last voters. Federal prosecutors are also reportedly investigating Hunter Biden's foreign business deals, uh, which have drawn uh, in, uh, accusations of influence peddling. Do you think Hunter Biden should be indicted for such deals? of independents, 87% of Republicans, 29% of Democrats think Hunter Biden should be indicted for influence peddling. Only 15% of voters are unsure, or 14%, yeah, 14,
0: 15,
2: including 34% of independents, 10% of Republicans, 45% of Democrats. Uh, Getting to that same poll, that was the YouGov poll, uh, the YouGov poll. Now, the majority of voters in that Yahoo! YouGov poll believe that President Joe Biden committed a crime with Hunter Biden. Hmm. While Republicans have long accused Biden and his family of running a very organized crime ring, a majority of voters... 51% believe Joe Biden committed a crime with Hunter Biden. 36% say he did not. 54% of independent voters say Joe Biden committed a crime. Only 24% say he did not. That's a 30-point margin of independence. A plurality, 46 to 34, say Joe Biden made money from the family business. 20% are undecided. 74% believe Hunter Biden committed a crime. Only 9% said he did not commit a crime. Remember, the vast majority of the coverage so far it's only been a couple of, really, you know, really uh, a couple of months where, you know, eh, probably four or five months where really the focus has been on Joe Biden. Yeah. When you right. think about it, because mm-hmm. it was when Republicans got in, but it was really about four months ago when they started, you know, coming up with, you know, and explaining to the public actually what was going on. Right. Yeah. But for the, the Hunter Biden, it's a slam dunk. Uh, Comer was on Fox News on uh, on Wednesday and said we believe that this was a very organized crime ring because of the way the money was dispersed to the LLCs and the shell companies and the way the money was dispersed to uh, various Biden members. A majority, 50% of voters believe Joe Biden and his family are corrupt. Only 39%, that's why it's a majority. Only 39% of voters claim they are not corrupt. Let me ask you this. Do the majority of voters know about the LLCs and the bank accounts?
0: Well, this is... Because I would ask a question. Yeah, yeah, for those who, you know, um, one of the other categories, do you believe he committed a crime? And, you know, a certain number believes he didn't commit a crime. And I thought, well... How can you say that, or are you saying he didn't, or are you just not paying attention? I'm not saying I have evidence of a crime. All I'm saying is, how do you come to the conclusion he didn't commit a crime? That's how it was phrased in the poll results
2: because well, because they look at it here um, uh, among those who say the Biden family is not corrupt 69 percent of Democratic voters only 24 percent of independent voters inversely 56 percent of independents say the Biden family is corrupt along with 12 percent of Democrats only 12 percent one of the 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 differences between being a you know being in the arena of ideas today, Versus being in the arena of ideas maybe 30 years ago. Democrats used to tell you what they think. You really don't know what they think. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because none of them, no that's Democrat. A that's a really good No Democrat. Yeah. Think about this. No, and you saw, whether it's Kareem Jean-Pierre yesterday, whether it's Merrick Garland, nobody will answer a question. Yeah. Because that's if... And so, and, and I think, really, the rank-and-file Democrats the same way.
0: Well, they the don't... time they're telling you they're answering the question mm-hmm. when they're not. No, right. But, I mean, the voter, mm-hmm. when you talk about the
2: actual voter,
0: mm-hmm.
2: when was the last time that, when was the last time anybody had a discussion and said, you know, and, and said to a Democratic voter just to see, well, no, I don't believe it's corrupt. Well, what do you think the money was coming from then? I mean, what do you view as corruption, number one, would be a question I would have. And what do you think about the fact that, well, here's the thing. the, The people that pay attention and say, we know Hunter Biden made millions. We know they took those millions and filtered them through bank accounts and different corporations that were only set up to transfer money. Now, any American knows, we're smart enough to know, uh, you know, Americans know. Okay, if you're setting up a for- false corporation just to put money through, there is no legit money making reason, and this kind of money is going through. Most Americans believe that's corrupt. If only 12 percent of Democrats believe the Biden family is corrupt, do the rest not know that these bank accounts existed? Right, do do right, they right. do they not know that the media even has acknowledged that there as you know, well, it was a uh, it was the um, illusion of access to the president, because as we've stated, OK, by saying it was illusion of access, what you're saying is Hunter Biden was taking money from corrupt people around the world, telling them that he was going to get his father to do something. His father didn't know about it. But Hunter Biden took all of that money and gave it to all different family members through bank accounts and uh, corporations that were set up that the banks recognized immediately and viewed that as possible money laundering. And so it enriched the entire Biden family. So the entire Biden family when you if you ask that to a Democrat, how would they respond? Would they say, okay, the entire Biden family is corrupt, except for Joe and Joe knew nothing? Because you can't make that case anymore. Or are Democrats just, as Maureen Dowd said, when the
0: news gets negative, they just turn it off so they actually don't know. Well, that's what it, that's the question. The question is, how much have they truly, yeah, been exposed to? How many are willfully ignorant about this? I don't want to pay attention. I don't want to look into it. This is just a right-wing Republican scam. Who said that the other day? Uh, It was... Oh, Um, Juan... What's his name? That's uh, Fox News. Uh, He wrote this... Oh, Juan Williams. Yeah, Juan Williams. He said... um, What was the title of his... His piece, something, you know, this whole thing is a, oh, the impeachment inquiry is, uh, I couldn't remember which part of it. The impeachment inquiry is a sham. No, no, it's a process. It's a process. And maybe this is why the Republicans are like, okay, we really don't have anywhere else to go here. And in order to fully demonstrate everything that we know now and also want to prove going forward this is the only process that will allow us to do that properly and fully and you look at that and my question would be too i think we'll find out how many are being willfully ignorant or just aren't being honest about it well because they don't want to they don't want to disfavor joe biden but the fact of the matter is you can demonstrate things very When – we've been saying from the beginning, once you can demonstrate and fully, without question, demonstrate the flow of money, it's all over. It's all over. And it appears – look, blame it on Hunter for leaving his laptop at a store – But I this is the it goes back to uh, Obama. Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to f things up, even when he's trying to, you know, get away with something. He doesn't care. And why would he not care? Well, if you're that arrogant and defiant, you think you'll never be caught. And if you're caught, no one can do anything about it. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that politically. If this happens, it's going to come down on the entire party. There's no way that it's not. And the reason we say that is because this has been talked about for years. There were concerns going back to when Joe Biden was vice president. And I believe that would be a very good reason as to why he was not the nominee in 2016. Uh, I I guess, you know, looking just at the voter now,
2: not, not, not the media, whatever. It, and I think it's a legit question. That and, and and I think it's a legit observation that Democrat voters don't talk anymore. Yeah, the Democrat. I'm not talking about, you know, the the uh, the activist on social media, but just Democrats. I know that all the Democrat acquaintances and even friends that I've had for the last 10 years. And I've talked about this many times. And I, I say the last 10 years because social media has come to the forefront in the last ten years. Mm. When Obama was president, they were t- tweeting constantly, never yeah. stop, never stop, defending, right. defending, defending, yeah. Yeah. defending, defending, and about. And this was way before the whole Elon Elon Musk thing. They disappeared. Mm. The activists didn't, but they disappeared completely. And the majority of people that I'm talking about actually weren't on Twitter; they were on Facebook back then. Mm. And they were active and they've all gone completely quiet. And so I'm always, uh, it's, it's always interesting, for example, how many Democratic voters, I mean, before they do the polls, they should ask, have you been following what's been going on? What do you think, you know, when you hear that the Biden family set up fake corporations that money went through to nine different Biden family members? Do you view that as corrupt, or is there a legitimate reason for it? Because how many Democrats know it? Right. Because if you confront them on that fact, then they sound like, "Okay, we know." Then they're not willfully ignorant. It's just you're putting the evidence before them, and you know they're saying, "Well, to hell with it. We don't care whether they're corrupt." Yeah, and there's and there's a difference. right, Right. It's like how many Democrats actually know? than on the whole Russia collusion thing that went on for over three years that Hillary Clinton set up Donald Trump. Hmm. How many Democrats actually know that? Yeah. I I, and I don't have the question because they won't address it. They won't defend Hillary. None of them are defending Biden. I'm talking about the voters are not coming out and defending. You have the activists doing it and they look like idiots when they do. Because you can hit them on every single point, yeah. But the actual rank and file Democrat, have they taken the uh, have they have they taken uh, I think the lead that they got from from uh, uh, Biden in the uh, twenty twenty campaign, and are they all hiding just in their basements? And I and I mean mentally, are they just hiding? Do they refuse to listen to anything? Is this What Maureen Dowd said, that when her liberal friends hear anything that is negative, they just turn off the media completely and they really don't know what's going on at all. And if you ask them a question, they'll simply, you know, give the response. No, it's the Republicans. The Democrats are fine.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm pretty curious about this, I guess. And I wonder what this poll will look like a few weeks into the Impeachment Inquiry. 86690 Red Eye.
1: Coming up more with Gary McDermott and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carling, and I'm Gary McNamara. Now, with independence, when you see that, when you see the difference there, and there we're talking 30, 30, 30 to 35-point differences from the people that believe, the independents that believe the Biden family and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden is, is corrupt uh, versus those that, that, uh, that don't. And with the impeachment inquiry coming up, as we have said, this is where Republicans are going to try to give you the flow chart where you get the flow chart every day, and you get the flow chart, uh, the the flow chart will exist because they'll put one together. <laughs> and uh, the inf- as we have said before, the problem that they have here is all the information and all the evidence is not coming from Republicans; it's coming from Hunter's laptop. It's coming from the associates of Hunter Biden. And Joe Biden uh, in the businesses that Hunter was involved in. And it's coming from bank records, from the Treasury Department, from the banks that were suspicious, put out suspicious activity reports because they feared money laundering or other type of white collar irregularities were going on. That's the problem
0: that the Bidens have. Willful ignorance for some can stand forever. But on massive, massive things, the noise is overbearing at some point if it's, in this case, done right. And that's what you're hoping to do is demonstrate very clearly. And keep in mind, The majority of the rank and file Democrats don't care, in fact, prefer Biden not to run again. Now, those same Democrats, if they were to have to take into consideration what this might do to the party, if you prove that he is compromised as a sitting president, uh, might have, those people may have a, and should have, a much greater concern for their party overall because there will be other fallout but there will be if again if the Republicans can demonstrate it and I I, there's no reason to believe at this point that they won't be able to do that the question will be is it loud enough to get in the face of the willfully ignorant (laughs)
1: to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
2: And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our app today and our Red Eye Radio app and listen when and where you want. And thank you. Dad. Now Dad's 97. I'm going I'm to see him later on today. And uh, he asked me yesterday, he said, so you still do that red eye thing? And I went, and I went, oh no, you know, because you were always, when your father's ninety seven years old, you're always wondering uh, you know, about his cognitive state. And it wasn't that he was just saying, you know, is the show still called Red Eye? That's all he was asking. I'm like, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 we're Red Eye. Said, <laughs> so, oh. It was, it was so funny. He's like, uh, and I said, oh, so you're not asking if I still do the show? And he goes, I just wondered if
0: that's still the name. I go, yeah, that's still the name. It's Yeah, it's yeah so- good. <laughs> uh, for now, it is. And it's been, I was going to say, uh, I was thinking earlier uh, coming in, it'll be 12 years in January that we've been doing Red Eye. Red Eye, yeah. You and I have been together Eighteen years, eighteen and a years, few months. Uh, yeah, eighteen years, mm-hmm. and months. Wow. Yeah, and twelve of that, almost doing red eye. Uh-huh. Crazy, now, can crazy. I, can I do another twelve? You think? <laughs> I think so. I, you know, it's you know what's weird is is that. You know, you you think about your spoke well, You're supposed to be thinking about planning for retirement. I don't mean, well, I'm getting ready to retire. It's just that you're always kind of in that stage. And my wife and I are always talking about things and, you know, in, in, in that arena. And, but, but when we do, I'm, I'm, there's, there's this voice in my head screaming, one of the many voices in my head, but no, no, but I don't want it's because. I feel like I would be dragged away from, you know, doing what we do. And I can't imagine not wanting to do it or wanting to retire full time and just make having to make that decision, okay? It's, you know, I've got it's time to move on. And I'm saying, and there and, and will I'm, be a time. And I'm 10 years older than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are.
2: But that thought, and my normal retirement age was, uh, let me see. That would have been 66 years and two months, right? Yeah, that's what it would mm-hmm.
0: So almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. My goal was 59 and a half, and that would be. Uh, almost almost two years from now and and whenever but, i talk how, but yeah but i when, you know i had that you know in my mind for many years saying okay this is going to be my goal and i've reached goals in other ways but then it's like but no but no I, that voice in my head but 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 and i and i think that's what it comes down to you know you you talk about your dad my dad is 90 and we always have a inevitably turns into a talk show and if there are other people if I have if my siblings and others are at the house at their house with me you you realize they're kind of (laughs) putting up with it everybody's looking at their phone and everything and dad and I are just talking current events like a talk show and (laughs) you know and everybody else is like "Mm -hmm." and it's you know, my dad. Your dad is a uh, is a, uh, an engineer. He's got an engineer's mm-hmm. mind. My dad is a an investigator, and he's got an investigator's mind. It's you know. So these are two people that are very as uh, similar in that their minds are very curious about how things work, or how things happened, and you know, my, I get that from my father. And I'm also, you know, having learned, you know, some basic things as a layman, just the basics of engineering, kind of the same thing there, too, about how things work. And also from, you know, being the, the, the son of a lifelong military police officer and someone who taught law enforcement and criminal investigation, I inherited that curiosity about how things happened. Um, and when when anything goes down, just ask my children or grandchildren, <laughs> and and those are you know, to me, I had I read something, not too long ago. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was actually while we were on vacation, and they and it was one of these articles that seemed like one I was going to giggle at. Ten things you can do, you know, that will kind of help. Uh, keep your mind going as you age, right? And one of them was crochet, huh. what, and I thought, well, <laughs> okay. don't don't give me large needles yeah. ever. That's just <clears throat> I, because it's I it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be safe for others. But what it 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 also was about reading. It was also about having conversations with with other people, basically engaging the mind. But I would add to it. Be curious about things. Um, you know, start your day, uh, you know, get a little exercise, get up, get the blood going uh, if you're able. And then from there, engage in certain things. Now, my mom will sit in front of Fox News, and you can't say a word if, if you know, if they're, if they're on, um, if anybody's on the air, if it's not a commercial break. Uh, and so she kind of engages that w- that way, and then she comes to me with a hundred questions about why things happened or why why they're saying this about so and so. And you you think about how that how the brain works as as we age. There are things you that you learn that just become, because you've been through it so often, um, it it can be the thirty thousand hour thing. Doing something for 30,000 hours, um, whether it's something that you practice or a career, but but it's also the 30,000 hours of of life, you know, that once you've been around long enough, you're going to know some things. And I always look at it as, well, yeah, but I need to learn more. I didn't go to college. I started radio right out of high school. And I don't miss going to college but I'm always curious to learn and that could have changed things when I was 18. Maybe I, I I don't know, but I know that I'm always wanting to, I'm always curious. I'm always wanting to learn. And I, I just don't see a time when that won't be the case. Yeah. God willing. Uh, as long as you know, my well, mind that, is, and is that's, right.
2: that's the same thing for, uh, for me, and and the being the
0: elder statesman of red-eye. Hey, of you're Red the Eye. one that wears shorts in this studio. Of, of red-eye by it. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fetterman. The, the, as the Fetterman statesman of the <laughs> of, of
2: red-eye, uh, you know, uh, being 10 years older and being that I've passed my normal retirement age, whenever I say this, people say, you don't want to think of retiring. I... You well, you know Mm -hmm. that thought that thought entered my mind when I was around 50. Yeah, and the thought was, Wow, when I get to be 65 or whatever the retirement age was for me was 66 in two years, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, Okay, it's gonna be great because I'm gonna golf every day, and then you know, during the winter time, I'll go up and visit my family, and I'll spend January skiing every day. Yeah.
9: Right. I can't
2: do that. Right. I can't golf every day. And I can't, well, now I, can, yeah. I can work out every day, but I work out every day so I can golf. <laughs> but, but it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah, I can't do it. But I know that there's one thing that would make me retire. Mm-hmm. And that is if I uh, lose the, when I, when I know that my brain is slowing down because one thing, and I'm sure it's the 30,000 hour thing that David Lee Roth, you know, as he stated one time that, you know, why can you do something every day? And it's used to be a lot of work and it's no longer work because of the repetition. You've done it so many times. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough for me just to read. Mm -hmm. I have to organize it and blurt it out. And the one thing that would make me retire is if I felt that I lost that little, um, and it might come across as like the Jim Jordan manic part of me where you've got so many thoughts going through your head and you're blurting them out. You don't do it all the time, but you're thinking so quickly and your mind is processing those thoughts. And there's a great, there's a great, high that comes with that because when you're done you're like I just articulated all that that's really cool it's not an ego thing like I'm great it was like how did I do it's more a wonder how did I do that because I couldn't do that 20 years ago and and so it becomes addicting and to me it's almost like I'm a long-term addict of talk radio (laughs) and there's Hmm. just I'm not giving up this addiction and so the only thing that would make me do it is if the addiction
0: was not pleasurable anymore. Well, and, and you know, that's what it comes down to is, is also the practice. Um, you know, I I was uh, watching an interview with Sting recently, and he, he talked about practice. He said, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You have to keep practicing. And someone else wrote the same thing. If you stop doing it, then it will, that skill, and also the enjoyment from it, because we actually, there is a chemical in the brain from accomplishing something. And and that's kind of the physical feedback that we get, but it drives us to learn more and want to accomplish more quite often. And that's the idea, is that you want to, okay, but I'm learning something new. I'm doing something new. I'm doing something that up until now, Uh, uh, it didn't have the same level of satisfaction or return. And those are the things that I look at in life, uh, you know, from, uh, playing guitar or doing a project on a, on a house. And someone said it the other day, well, you should do the project yourself. You should do these things, not talking to me, just generally talking to people online. You should, you know, you might say, well, I don't know how to do it. Well, you don't, nobody does until you do. Mm-hmm. So you learn it and yeah, you'll make some mistakes. Try not to make mistakes. This is what I love about YouTube, by the way, people that made mistakes can give you a video, do a video and, and tell you how not to make the mistakes <laughs> yeah, no. and I've used it, you know, and, but those are the things that, you know, that, that you want you, for me, they're important that we keep learning. Cause I don't want to be, you know, uh, Jim Jordan at the fast food restaurant, you know, retired, nothing else to do. And ma'am, Ma'am, I only have five minutes of time, and I just want to ask you one question. I ordered that burger with no onions. Now it has onions on it, does it not? <laughs> I don't want to – that's not what I want to be. No. You know, I want to. I do want to have that satisfaction uh, of being able to uh, have the conversations, but also really and get the enjoyment from learning something and, along the way.
2: And the thing is, I always wanted to be in radio or some form of entertainment. Mm. But the thing about – and I didn't know it at the time because I never wanted to do talk radio – the thing about talk radio is it's completely different. You know, stand up comedy, yeah. you write material. Mm-hmm. Here, you've got to organize every day, everything that happens in your, you know, every day in the news and then articulate it, have fun, do everything else. But it all comes out ad lib. It is ad lib. Mm-hmm. Nothing is, yeah. nothing is, there's a basic outline of the topics of the day. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's better than stand up comedy could ever be.
0: You well, may not have the me- immediate
2: yeah. crowd reaction. But what you're actually
0: doing, to me, is just, for me, is extremely enjoyable. It's not necessarily a formula. Right. And and even stand-up has to be formula. When you're on stage, Mm -hmm. you have to follow that formula, including the timing, or it just doesn't work.
2: 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: It's Red Eye radio.
2: He's our Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up. Uh, well, they didn't solve the uh, writer strike, did they? Yeah. No. So we'll, we'll get to uh, that. No, they did not. The vice president says young people aren't buying homes due to climate change. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, no, I think, I think she's on to something. I think she's on to something. Go ahead. Because of the cost of government associated, oh, oh okay, yeah, with yeah. the climate okay. change yeah, yeah. agenda. Yep. yep, yep. Nobody can afford yep. a home right now. Inflation, interest rates. You, you
2: can, you can look and say that the trillions of dollars that we're borrowing. Yeah. To put in to subsidize businesses that can't make a profit has helped to cause the inflation, which makes it harder to buy a home.
0: So, indirectly, she's Mm -hmm. correct. I don't think she meant it that way.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on West. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the world, he is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank All you. right. So two days ago, Pete Buttigieg went uh, before uh, the uh, House Transportation Infrastructure uh, Committee, and EVs were part of the discussion, mm. and uh, it really got interesting. Mm. We played mm. one audio cut yesterday. This sort of got lost in in uh, the news mix yesterday because of uh, the Merrick Garland
0: testimony. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. But uh, here it is. This is. Uh, 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 Representative
8: Scott Perry and uh, and Pete Buttigieg on electric vehicles. Thanks for uh, listening to our questions. I want to pick up where we left off in July of 2022 regarding what I view as the administration's anti-market policies in regard to EVs. They are expensive. The grid is not we're building a second grid, I guess, on top of the grid we already have, which is a huge cost. And people are paying for that in their electric bills. The batteries have limited range. And despite the subsidization, the market is literally not adopting EVs, regardless of what we want to believe or what you want to say. There's significant inflationary pressures and a glut of electric vehicles, well beyond demand. And so if we consider the current UAW strike, the cost of living has eaten away at these folks' ability to pay their grocery bill and their gas bill. So they're obviously and righteously and rightfully upset uh, and the administration's subsidization of the electric vehicles has, is killing their jobs. They know this. On the second point related to EVs, I think it's important to quote the UAW president, Sean Fein, directly, and I quote, not only is the federal government not using its power to turn the tide, they're actively funding a race to the bottom with billions in public money. Okay,
2: just want to stop it there because a few points he made. Somebody's making that point that we've been making all along. Yep. Uh, I will say this because I watched a number of the back and forths between uh, members of uh, you know Republican members uh, and Buttigieg, and they hit almost every single point they should have hit. Mm-hmm. I act- I watched it yesterday because look, you and I have criticized Republicans at times for not communicating effectively. They did hear. They did. They did.
8: Let's play more of it. Here we go. Unquote. Now, you've recently moved to Michigan. I understand it. And I just wonder what you have to say to Michiganders who feel the federal government is using their very tax dollars to destroy their industry and their jobs. Well, one of two
2: things is going to happen representative uh either the ev revolution is going
8: to be made in china or
2: it's going to be made in america right now it's destroying their jobs is that we are working to make sure that it's made in and america. it's being
8: subsidized which is destroying their jobs so is your is your position that we're going to lose all these jobs that that's that's what has to happen or, or China is going to build all these vehicles. Is that the position? One of the reasons we've seen manufacturing jobs grow so much in this administration compared to the manufacturing recession under the last administration is that we're investing in American manufacturing. You're investing with companies. our money in things that we don't want. You realize that forcing car companies to make these vehicles at a loss, about $60,000 per vehicle sold, is damaging to the UAW's jobs. In fact, I'm going to just look at Ford. I hate to call them out, but Their electric vehicle unit is expected to lose $4.5 billion this year, which is up from $2.1 billion in losses last year. There's a 92-day supply of electric vehicles, which is twice that of the current average of the internal combustion or traditional uh, car. And I would just remind everybody that electric vehicles were one of the first vehicles on the market back in the early 1900s, but they were were replaced by better technology, by better technology then. The average new vehicle transaction price is about, I don't know, I just heard one of my colleagues, $50,000. I've got $48,763, which is up $10,000 since your boss became the president. The average used vehicle price is $26,510. Mr. Secretary, the people I work for, my bosses, can't afford what you're forcing on them. These are not market forces. This is the government funding the destruction of our own automotive industry. And I hope you know that approximately two-thirds of EV owners make over $100,000 a year. My bosses don't make that. I don't know if you can justify or how you justify forcing my constituents to pay for EVs and EV infrastructure. For coastal elites and wealthy people, but somehow you do.
2: Well, I, I need to point out that wealthy people were specifically excluded from the Inflation
0: Reduction Act.
8: Well, we, I just we gave we you the number. Do you, you dispute that of- two-thirds of EV owners are owned by people over hundred thousand that make over a hundred thousand? Yeah, the first EVs, of course, were. Do you dispute by that? know, uh, but that number is th- going down. Those are the it's facts. True. It doesn't matter if they're going down now. Why, well, why were you against The folks that the I represent can't afford them today, sir. Why were you against cutting their costs? All these factors. I'm not against cutting the cost. The market should do it. But you want the the government, you want my taxpayers to pay to cut the cost, which isn't cutting the if cost. If you were of the factors be no provide, subsidy to propulsion, all these factors that are against fuel and gas.
2: So there you go. Yep. That because it uh, that that's where it uh, ended up. But the big lie, and he and Representative Perry caught it, the cost of electric vehicles is not going down. No. No, it's not what? Well, tell me what in the automobile industry is going down in price. I mean, right. that's the biggest. I would have stopped him right there and go, because he, I would have said, you stop for a second. You're lying. Yeah. You're asking the cost payers right, the to co- part of the it. The overall cost of electric vehicles is not going down. They are going up. And you want to take taxpayer dollars from people that can't afford to buy an electric car and give it to people the very few people out there that wish to buy an electric vehicle right. but only if it's subsidized by tax dollars yeah. he still made the point but somebody has to that's the biggest lie it's coming down in price and he was saying that during the entire thing and i don't think he wasn't challenged at least i don't think uh in passion and tone enough by republicans on that one because we the audio cut we played yesterday he was saying the same thing where they're coming down in price and they're going to come down in price and we we addressed that yesterday. We said, well, look, you've got TVs and, you know, other things that come down in price, but a lot of the highly technical things don't come down in price. But smartphones haven't come down in price. No, they've got, they've gone way, way up in price. Now, they deliver a lot more for you, and they make your life more efficient, but the marketplace determined that I was willing to pay more to get this because this does 20 things for me, which actually, if you take – what the smartphone replaced us, we actually talked about earlier in the show, from what I used to get, I'm actually saving money. Yeah. When you think of everything that it has replaced uh, in 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 my life and the efficiency and productivity that it gives to you. But uh, I think uh, Scott Perry overall did, a, 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 I, I think, a real good job.
0: Well, and he did. And, and I think, too, you have to look at, again, the dynamics of it are that the Secretary of Transportation here is, uh, as part of the administration, part of the government, forcing this. And one, one question I would have that, that I haven't heard anybody ask someone like a Pete Buttigieg or a Biden, and that is, what are you guys going to do when no one's buying? What are you, What are you doing now? about the dealerships who have stopped ordering them because nobody's showing up. Demand only gets to a certain point for any vehicle and or model. But what's the biggest driver that reduces that demand? Price point. Mm -hmm. And now you're at a point where, oh, all the rich people wanted to, do a lot a lot of people wanted to do it for different reasons you had the tech geeks who just wanted to be you know ahead of the curve on on the technology in it you had uh those who need to do uh you know what they've always done and that's virtue signal to all of their neighbors um and all of the the majority overwhelming majority of these individuals are wealthy and they are trading in remember the gm Uh, CEO, who said, yeah, the people trading in are trading in luxury vehicles, gas-powered vehicles for these electric vehicles. That's what we're seeing. These are wealthy individuals who are getting taxpayer dollars. Take those same wealthy individuals and take the true cost of that EV from the manufacturer Add on just a hundred dollars profit, and see if any of those wealthy people are willing to buy it. No, they wouldn't be,
2: because remember how much they're losing per car. 60 they're not making grand. right. They're not making a hundred dollars. No, not. On, on, on the vehicle. Nope. nope. They're losing tens upon they, tens upon thousands would, of dollars. On would,
0: the cars. So that there would be very little
2: demand by the way the the republicans need to also for example when he came out and goes well no because of the great increase in manufacturing jobs during the biden administration mm-hmm. and they're t- and it's so bogus because we're talking about covid what happened after covid right uh the last administration lost te- you know millions mm-hmm. of manufacturing jobs and we've brought back millions of fa- manufacturing jobs no you haven't you're talking about the openings the closing and then reopening after covid after covid right exactly and you know you and, are, but I think I do like the way that Scott Perry made the point, as we have made. If you've listened to this show many, 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 many times, there and, and the unions finally realize it. And Sean Fain, I'm so glad he, that they, you know, that he had that quote. I didn't, I didn't know until I heard Scott Perry that that uh, uh, Sean Fain had made those particular comments uh, about basically about subsidies. Yeah, but the fact is they're taking. Your taxpayer dollars, think about this, your taxpayer dollars are going to kill union jobs in this country. Yep. Yep. And then Buttigieg (laughs) starts talking about, you know, the jobs going to to China. So you're saying to stop the jobs going to China, we have to kill American jobs with taxpayer dollars. I mean, it's just... The yeah. most
0: bizarre thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's a mis- the fact the of the most matter bizarre is mindset. you're not going to make that horse drink. Look, this is where
2: one of the things that frustrates us, and we've been doing pretty good. I know, was it last Monday or this Monday and the Monday before? <laughs> well, we had some frustrating times on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's just it's because when you know that the other side has no arguments mm-hmm. and you can tear them apart. Then you need to tear them apart every single day. Yep, and you need to show the people of America what idiots these people are, that the con jobs, the bull crappers that they are. Mm-hmm. That's all they're they're selling you crap. But it's true, it's absolutely true that your and, and it, not just here in, EV, in the EVs in the automobile industry, but across the board, your tax dollars are being spent. Yep. To make your life harder, your taxpayer dollars, if you live in the city, are going to make your quality of life a living hell.
0: Well, you know, and and here's the thing, you know, Pete Buttigieg the other day, also, they got into the charging infrastructure and he says, well, yeah, if you're commuting 200 miles a day, stop it. We're talking about a country where we've gotten used to being able to get in our car even on just a weekend or on vacation with our family. Or if our family needs us and we have to travel, we get in our car and we go. And you don't even have to listen to the incompetent Pete Buttigieg. Listen to the CEO of Ford, who on his whole Route 66 thing said, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we do have a problem with infrastructure. And charging we're gonna need some help from Tesla on that it's not there and it won't ever be there in our lifetime there may be a continued growth in demand by geeks but see where that demand is when they have to pay the true cost which the government won't let them do
2: why as you said Buttigieg knows nothing about science you could have gotten a smart elementary school student, a junior high school student that knows more than Buttigieg does about science and electricity and transportation. He's absolutely clueless. He is. Absolutely clueless. Yep. And his arguments are childlike, emotional arguments. Yep. Eight six six ninety red
9: eye Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. At a roadside inspection, inspectors may ask to see supporting documents. A supporting document is a document generated or received by a motor carrier in the normal course of business that can be used by law enforcement to verify a driver's logs. These documents can include bills of lading, itineraries, schedules, or equivalent documents that indicate the origin and destination of each trip. They can also include dispatch or trip records, expense receipts related to on-duty slash not-driving periods, including receipts for meals, lodging, and fuel, electronic mobile communication transmitted through a fleet management system, and payroll records, settlement sheets, or equivalent documents that indicate payment to a driver. Drivers using paper logs must also keep toll receipts. Supporting documents must contain the driver's name, Carrier-assigned identification number or vehicle unit number that can be linked to the driver, the date, the name of the nearest city, town, or village, and the time. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: Friday radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, one of the uh, things, and we never uh, talked about it. We at least have to mention this before we get out of here. Uh, later on, we still have we still have plenty of time in the show. But I didn't want to forget this. Is there's going to be a lot more calls about the, or, and a lot more uh, emphasis on the president's cognitive problems after yesterday?
0: You yeah, you saw it was it, a horrible day.
2: He gave the speech yesterday, and and number one, he told the lie about Charlottesville again. But he said it once. Then he went through a couple of sentences and he repeated it almost word for word. Mm -hmm. The exact same scenario, the exact same story that he just told. Mm -hmm. It was really bad. It was was really uncomfortable to watch that. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, And it was the lie of Charlottesville that, you know, Trump said that uh, there's good folks on both sides. You know, and and left out again the key context of that. Well, are
0: you know walking onto the stage and 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 just walking into a flag that's standing there, walking off the stage without shaking everyone's hand. Um, and at at one point, that yeah, was at that was at the that was at the UN, yeah, that was a different different event. And then talking also uh, during Hispanic Heritage Month, and then basically talking about the Congressional Black Caucus. Yeah. It it seems he has no idea where he is. And it's nearly 100% of the time now. It will only be a matter of time before everyone's just going to look around and say, okay, enough stupidity. But they, you know, they, they point him in a direction and then he just wanders and then he just rambles. And there's, by the way, there's one of the big tells right there. It almost sounded like when he was retelling a story that he had just told a minute before. It's his, his brain misfiring. That's what's going on there. I can't tell you what's wrong with him. But it's pretty clear right now that he's not all there. That should be a concern to everyone. I think it is a concern to the Democrats. They just don't know how to approach it.
1: Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio.
2: And he is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you choose. If you can't listen live uh, overnight. All right. Uh, There's, you know, we played a ton of audio the last uh, day or two on a number of congressional hearings. And we probably could play. Uh, enough to take up another 10 shows, Probably. but, uh, it is Friday. And so, uh, uh, I'm sure by the time we get to next week, uh, I mean, you've got, we've got another debate. You have, we have the impeachment inquiry, so we're just, we'll be moving forward. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we, we play some of the, uh, interesting audio cuts that happened. This mm-hmm. one, uh, was Mer- Merrick Garland before the judiciary committee. And, uh, this is representative Harriet Hegman from Wyoming, uh, and you may say who she is the one she won the at large seat uh, in the election uh, uh, against uh, Liz Cheney. She barely squeaked by Liz Cheney by what uh, was it? Uh, uh, one hundred and five points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was so close. Uh, but uh, here here she is. And, and, you know, she lays what I like is, you know, she she laid it out in uh, she didn't use. Uh, especially in the beginning, legal terms, uh, she uses – when she talks about the statute of limitations, she said the Department of Justice had already got the agreement from Hunter Biden's lawyers to extend the statute of limitations. They agreed to it. Mm-hmm. And still you let it drop. You let it pass. You didn't go through with the deal that they had already agreed to, which is huge because – and then she brings up, and these were felony tax charges. It's tax evasion yeah. charges. Right. And that's one of the things here. When you look at it overall, when you look at when you look at at, at uh, uh, Hunter Biden, when you look at all the other, because this is the things we don't know, all the other nine Biden family members, and remember, when the when Democrats go crazy, when you say there is probable cause to investigate the president for taking money they go crazy and say there is absolutely no probable cause evidence or probable cause that would lead you to continue an investigation that the president took any money or any services from hunter biden correct yeah that's that's their argument right up to today right i'm not embellishing it at all that is our argument except they're wrong on one point they're is that probable cause evidence that exists out there. And the probable cause evidence comes from, let's do multiple choice here, from Republicans making the allegation uh, without any evidence to back it up. Right. No. Uh, Number two, uh, this is your set. We'll give you just two choices. Second choice, Hunter Biden's own words.
0: If that is his laptop, <laughs> yeah. if he really is related to the president, and there was another
2: story yesterday where he was saying that you know how what a victim he is of 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 uh, of the uh, in, entire laptop mm-hmm. that he won't acknowledge is his yeah <laughs> well, how can you be a victim of something that's not yours right and and it's just oh, it's just hilarious but uh the the evidence, and some Republican needs to be blunt to any person in the media who brings that one up again. Excuse me, what are you talking about? I mean, there's no there's no probable cause to continue an investigation. The probable cause comes from the president's son yeah. who said multiple times <laughs> he has given his father half of what he earned, yeah. he actually said. The evidence comes from Hunter. But let's uh, play part of a uh, uh, Representative Hegman's uh, comments yesterday, uh, or two days ago, uh, in front of Merrick Garland.
5: We have been investigating very serious charges made about your department and other elements of the Biden administration, which allege ignoring the law to protect political allies from being held accountable for their wrongdoing. One aspect of this allegation brought by two very credible whistleblowers from the IRS demonstrates a strategy of delaying criminal investigation into Hunter Biden and blocking any investigations into the corruption of Joe Biden. The whistleblower testimony notes that U.S. Attorney David Weiss in November 2022 allowed the statute of limitations to expire, even though Hunter Biden's attorney had already agreed to extend the statute on the 2014 and 2015 charges, which charges included an attempt to evade or defeat taxes and the fraud and false statements related to the million dollars that Burisma paid to Hunter Biden while his father was vice president. During a recent transcribed interview with the committee, FBI officials from the Baltimore Field Office refused to answer questions about the expired 2014 and 2015 tax charges because they were allegedly part of a, quote, ongoing investigation. Are the tax charges related to these years, in fact, part of an ongoing investigation?
6: Uh, Again, I have no familiarity with the details of this particular investigation. So you don't
5: know one way or the other?
6: That's right. I left it up to Mr. So how are
5: charges for which the statute of limitations have already expired part of an ongoing investigation? That's it. We asked
6: that yesterday, didn't we not? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Continue here. Again, I, I... I don't know anything about this case. So why,
5: would, so why would charges that have already expired because of the statute of limitations be part of an ongoing investigation?
6: In, a, in the hypo, To answer in the hypothetical, because I don't know the facts, often charges <laughs> from previous times are used as part of an ongoing investigation to inform information about intent, about patterns and For practices. Or other
5: investigations? So are there other investigations into Hunter Biden where this information may become relevant?
6: I think it's a matter of public record that there are, is a tax investigation of Mr. Hunter Biden with respect to other years. I don't beyond think the
5: 2014 and 2015?
6: Beyond the ones that are um, – uh, where this, that you are referring to I think okay. the Mr. Garland Mr. Weiss has already said that and during the plea procedure.
5: okay Mr. Garland is it standard operating procedure in your Department of Justice for prosecutors to allow the statute of limitations to expire on very serious crimes when the potential defendant has already agreed to an extension
6: so there as I said before there's no standard operating procedure okay. here this is maybe a- there should be If this is is
5: an oversight hearing, maybe there should be. Maybe you should adopt standard operating procedures to avoid this kind of a circumstance. Would you agree?
6: No. Because it's left to to the discretion of... of You've
5: answered my question, thank you. Mm -hmm. According to one of the IRS whistleblowers, quote, the purposeful exclusion of the 2014 and 2015 tax years sanitized the most substantive criminal conduct and concealed material facts, end quote. How can Americans trusted investigation run by a special counsel who by allowing the statute of limitations to expire irreversibly quote, sanitized the most substantive criminal conduct and concealed material facts?
6: The prosecutor in question is an experienced veteran career prosecutor who was appointed by and President Trump. We have no
5: reason to trust him do by we?
6: President Trump.
5: Okay. How much in terms of taxes would Hunter Biden have owed on the $1 million he was paid by Burisma?
6: Well, as you can imagine, since I don't know anything about the facts of the case, I can't answer that question. Probably about
5: $400,000. Isn't that right? I mean, you can do the math. You know the tax code.
6: I don't know anything about the facts of this case, so I'm not able to do the math to apply it to facts. And by failing to pay the
5: taxes on those ill-gotten gains, what would the typical penalty have been, for example, if it was someone who didn't have the last name of Biden or a D behind their name?
6: I'm sorry. These are all questions you'll have to direct to Mr. Weiss and that Mr. Weiss will address in in his final. Um, By
5: allowing the statute of limitations to lapse, did Mr. Weiss effecti- effectively gift the tax money Hunter Biden owed for the 2014 and 2015 tax years to Mr. Biden?
6: To say again the decisions about uh, whether. OK,
2: and they, we got they, they got nowhere from it. Mm-hmm. You know, the interesting thing is, does anybody believe that Merrick Garland doesn't pay attention to the news and doesn't know? What's been going on? Because remember, with with everything, with, with remember, they brought the case. Everything was going to be gone against Hunter Biden. Everything yeah. was dropped, right? Or not dropped? Excuse me. The 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 uh, the uh, uh, any of the charges, the tax charges. Nothing was going to get him jail time. The rest, the statute of limitations had passed. The gun charge was going to go into diversion. Mm-hmm. He, The whole thing was to give him no jail time. This is from the prosecution. And he's saying he knows nothing about the specifics of what was broadcast in the news every single day for a significant period of time. Does anybody believe that the attorney general did not know in the biggest, most publicized case Because it concerns the president's son, where he got a sweetheart deal, that he wasn't paying attention to the news on it. Does any Democrat
0: actually buy that? Well, because tell me how any case involving the president's son wouldn't gain your, in fact, you would insist by your own standard. You would know everything about the case. And why is that? Because you don't want to be in a situation that you're in now because you want to make sure that it's handled properly unless you and everybody else that's working under you at the Department of Justice is trying to find a way to make sure that Hunter Biden doesn't spend a day in jail. And crafting that whole thing took time. In fact, it took a great deal of time so that they could let the statute of limitations expire on some of those items. And this whole thing, remember, he wasn't a special counsel at that point. No, he was
2: never a special counsel. He was just an attorney that was assigned the investigation. And Merrick Garland saying that, He doesn't pay attention to anything on a case that that's that is that big of a presidential son, where obviously the news reports lead that the tax evasion and all of those charges could lead, you know, did lead to the Biden family Mm. and uh, could lead to his to the president of the United States. And he is saying he didn't pay any attention to any of the news items whatsoever Does any but does any Democrat believe that does any Democrat believe that Merrick Garland does not pay attention to any news concerning the most important investigations in his own department?
0: Not for a second. He's lying. He's absolutely lying. And they crafted this whole thing. To give Hunter Biden a walk. No, they
2: no, they crafted it to keep it away from his father.
0: Well, that's the reason that's that where it leads him, to. That's the reason you give him a walk. Right. Right. But I'm talking about letting the statute of limitations expire. I'm talking about the cases themselves, right. the actual cases. But the true reason they did that was so it didn't. The, the number
2: one reason, not the true number one. Number two may have been, let's get Biden off. On but the as the we talk the about
0: the prosecution right. of the first son, we can't let that happen. That's the reason But that's what they had to craft. And how do you do that? You have to go way out of your way to make sure he doesn't spend a day in jail.
2: To the point where everyone knew the sweetheart deal was bogus. And shocked over the fact that you would let the statute of limitations run out on felony tax evasion charges when even
0: the has agreed to extend that statute of limitations. Look at the hoops they had to jump through to keep him out of jail. Think about that. Yeah. Look at the work that had to go into this. Yeah. This isn't just lying and covering it up. Man, they had to... Who knows how many people at the Department of Justice had to be a part of this. And remember, when Hunter's lawyers the day they literally ran over to the DOJ. Well, now we know why. 866 red eye
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: In Friday Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I just realized that when when uh, when you had Representative uh, Hegman there, uh, just going after uh, the Attorney General Garland, the look on his face. I went, "Wow, he looks like somebody I know," hmm. and it popped into my mind. He does resemble the actor Addison Powell, who played a rogue. CIA agent in the Robert Redford movie Three Days of the Condor in, like, 1975. Mm. And, and he's responsible for murdering CIA agents. Right. And he looks, when that that face, when he gives that face, looks almost identical to the actor mm. in that movie. Mm.